Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Well, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. This is a new move for us. We are going to have a regular, as I promoted before, we're going to have a regular guest noon Eastern every Wednesday. That is Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. Mike, I'm so excited to talk to you every week. What is shaking? Yeah, I'm pumped up. This uh, should be fun. Absolutely. Um you haven't been on before. Uh, I haven't had, done a lot of guests. I mean, the majority of my podcast is just me chatting with my buds here, listening. Um, can you give everyone sort of your background and what all you do, pro football fo- focus related? And do you have a real job or everything? <laughs> this is my real job. I am nice. a senior analyst at Pro Football Focus. I have This has been my real job ever since I graduated from college. So Where'd five years ago, I went to Notre Dame, graduated from Notre Dame. I had an accounting degree. I had never played football in my life. I did not want to go into accounting. And so I saw that they were hiring at PFF some data collectors. I got on board with that, and I've been there ever since, uh, grown within the company. And now I'm doing, I'm on the review team. I do a lot of the grading for us, and uh, just really lucky to be where I am. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of got in on the ground floor right out of mm-hmm. college. Um, are you in Cincinnati? I know the Pro Football Focus is based in Cincinnati, or don't you need to be? Or I am. Yeah, I am in Cincinnati. Okay. Where'd you grow up? Where's home? So I'm from uh, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was born there, but I went to high school in Champaign, Illinois, right by the campus of the U of I. Oh, okay. Very nice. All right. Um, I also never played a snap in my life, so it's obviously a much different road for us than yeah. busting in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't call on a coach or... Hey, give me a GA job. You know, I really had to struggle, and I'm sure you uh, can feel that that situation as well. Um, My high school actually didn't even have a high school football team, so oh, wow. that's how. Okay. I, yeah. Wow. So you're a big Notre Dame fan, I assume. Oh, for sure. I was at the game last weekend, actually. Cool. Okay. So you get to go back Tough a fair one. amount, and you know, uh-huh. buds and all that good stuff. Cool. Okay. Well, at least we got a little bit of your background. That's great, and we'll get to know you better uh, week after week. Um, so. All right, I got to ask you this. I'm going off script right off the bat because people ask me this a lot. How do you guys watch a television copy and get grades? You know, like can you give me the 10 cent tour of how you how Pro Football Focus comes up with grades? And we don't need to break down every position or anything like that, but just Yeah, so I think if you're doing anything within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, it's fairly easy to I'd say assess grades mm-hmm. uh, in terms of offensive linemen. You don't get a great angle on it, but I think you get a good enough angle to, you know, see if they did their job or not. It was basically how our grading is uh, set up. Did you do your job? Did you execute it above and beyond what you would expect, or did you not do your job? And that's how uh, our system kind of works. And so I think anything within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, we're pretty good at, and we hit, uh, I'd say ninety to ninety-five percent accurate off of that TV copy. Okay. After that, though. We need the all 22 to get accurate stuff on wide receivers, on safeties, that sort of thing. We give a ballpark right away because people want the ballpark. People want to know, hey, how did my guy do? 
But until the all 22 reviews are done, we've even said they're not 100% accurate. You know, they're not accurate. They're not the final grade that's going to be up on the site that's going to be there at the end of the year. So uh, we kind of keep that caveat. but people, like I said, people want the immediacy. People want to know who did well on their team. So we do it. Uh, we do it for those people. Okay, I didn't understand that part. To be very honest with you, because you know, for example, I do a lot of work with Steelers Nation Radio, and they played the Browns mm-hmm. this week. And I don't know if you watched that game or not, but um, they had Jabril Peppers somewhere between like twenty-five and forty yards off the ball in deep center field, and mm-hmm. I and it came up in one of my shows saying, how on earth could Pro Football Focus analyze? I never saw him on the field. I couldn't see him on TV hardly at all. You know, he was never even on the screen. So I was just curious. That is cool that you go back and you use the coach's tape. I didn't know that part. That's great. That, that makes a lot, lot more sense to me and makes it a lot more valid. That's great. Yeah, every game gets coaches tape and only by – so we have like 20 people that grade, but only uh, five or six of us actually do the coaches tape grading reviews. So it's only the most senior analysts that do that. Okay, so you kind of have to make your bones as a grader. Yes, yeah. Good, okay, well that makes sense. You don't just throw the guy off the street that just started on their given grades. Cool, okay. Um, this seems like ancient history now, but I know you've been doing a lot of work on this game. Kansas City's upset – of what me and many thought was clearly the best team in the league in the New England Patriots. What are some things you're touching on here that you saw? Yeah, I've reviewed this whole game. I did the first run grading off the TV copy and then went back, looked at the All-22. A lot of interesting things KC did from a game planning perspective. And honestly, not a lot of interesting things that the Pats did from a defensive game planning perspective. I thought their defensive game plan coming to this season was almost verbatim what we saw from them towards the end of 2016 in terms of they showed a lot of the two biggest things that I saw that the Chiefs had an answer for were the Patriots run a ton of bare fronts, which uh, means nose tackle head up on a center two uh, defensive linemen over the outside shoulders of the guards, which basically stuffs any sort of inside run. So if you're running a bare front, it's very difficult to run inside zone against that. It's very difficult to run uh, a lot of gap scheme runs against that where you want to hit any gaps between the tackle because they're going to get stuffed by a defensive lineman. KC ran a ton of wide runs. They didn't run inside zone once in that game. They ran a lot of uh, power read, which is a sort of college run concept where the uh, it's a it kind of inverts the reads of quarterbacks, the one running power, whereas the with the running back running wide, they ran a good deal of that. And so they ran uh, all these run concepts to just skirt those bare fronts. And they had a ton of success with it, getting to the edges of the defense, attacking those outside linebackers that aren't as talented in run defense as those three guys on the inside. So I liked that, what they did from a running game perspective. Mike, can we stay there just for one second? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from what I've gathered, that the base, almost the base New England front is almost like a 5-1, to explain it to our listeners yes. a little bit better. You know, okay, it's kind of a yeah. run-and-hit linebacker there, and their defensive tackles are behemoths. You know, I mean, from a personnel standpoint, Branch, Brown, they're they're not great pass rushers, but they're really hard to move off the ball. But as we saw last year, the Patriots' edge players aren't the strength of the defense. Is, is that what you're seeing here, too? You know, they basically run a 5-1-5 with Big Nickel, with three safeties. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's exactly what they run a ton of. Uh, they, they take those uh, outside linebackers, and they don't really utilize them much as pure pass rushers. They're kind of 
they're just underneath zone defenders. A lot of the time, they use them to chip tight ends, that sort of thing. They, and they know rush that three not, fewer than any team. This, they, they, I'm sorry, I yeah. keep interrupting you. But sorry, they, rush, <laughs> they rush three more often than any team in the league. By far. That was yeah. the second thing I oh, was okay. going to get to. And that you, you hit it, the nail right on the head. They re- rushed three 12 times on 40 drop back snaps uh, for Alex Smith. That's you know over 25% of the time. Last year, they were over 25% of the time for the entire season. Wow. No other team was above 20%. Most teams are under 10% in how often they rush three. So they're playing this sort of completely different defensive game than any other team by only rushing those interior guys and using those outside linebackers just as kind of uh, quick game stoppers, screen stoppers, try to make you throw the ball down the field. And you think of the Chiefs offense, that seems like it fits perfectly for what the Chiefs usually want to do. You know, that's going to stop what the Chiefs usually want to do. And so that they ran that game plan thinking, hey, the Chiefs offense, a lot of underneath hitches, a lot of screens to the outside. We're going to stop that with what we do best. All of a sudden, Alex Smith holding onto the ball. They're running these deep downfield concepts that you really never see from them. And that's why they, you know, they got beat deep on a 75 yard or two. Tyreek Hill and out and up. They got beat deep on a on a running back wheel route uh, to uh, Kareem Hunt, which is a very long developing route. It's a very long developing play that you just don't you wouldn't expect out of this KC offense because that's never been them. Yeah, that's well said. And I've kind of explained it to our listeners this way that, you know, people are probably out there going, well, why would Belichick do this? I thought he was a super genius. And what I tell people is. He would love to have Vaughn Miller or Khalil Mack. You know, I mean, and they <laughs> yeah. did have Chandler Jones, but those guys are expensive and they have a lot of people to pay on that team. And more importantly, where do they pick in the draft? They pick 30, 31, 32. Where does Vaughn Miller go in the draft? Where does Khalil Mack go in exactly. the draft? You know, so they make it more coverage oriented, make you have sustained long drives, and they're always really good in the red zone. And if you can keep up with Tom Brady and company by playing that way, best of luck. And the Chiefs did. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is, the, the Patriots, they can only game, you can only game plan for so much as a defense. You really can't take away everything. Sure. They made the Chiefs alter their game plan entirely. You know, they took away what the Chiefs usually do best, those screens, those uh, hitch, you know, the underneath stuff, the quick game. They took away that. Now, the fact Alex that Smith Alex Smith does not want to hold the ball. Exactly. The fact that Alex Smith ended up playing the game of his life on, you know, throwing the ball down the field. Well, sometimes sometimes if you're going to take away the quick game, hey, more power to him. They did that. They forced him to be a completely different quarterback. And it's just, you know, not luck, but it's just uh, happenstance that he ends up playing uh, lights out in that regard. Yeah. I mean, the the guys on the other team are getting paid, too. And Mm. I'm not a Smith fan. But he played a great game, and I felt like Belichick came into that game saying, we're going to do everything possible to take away your short throws, double hill for the big plays, and take away Kelsey as much as possible. And to some degree, you can take away two receiving weapons and basically say, if Alex Smith and your running game can keep up with Tom, best of luck. Well, it more than did. Yeah, and it was really... a. Masterclass in coaching by Andy Reid. Just the fact yes. that he went all in on this sort of completely different game plan was, and that it worked was, it was very impressive. Yeah, and he did other things like, you know, yeah, you can say you're doubling Hill or Kelsey, but if you line them up in the backfield or direct snaps or, I, it was kind of making a joke, but I sent out a tweet saying, 
they're using Kelsey like the Pats used Aaron Hernandez. You know that it, it's hard <laughs> yeah, to double in that situation. No, exactly. Like they they were not predictable in the slightest, and I think that was their biggest strength. Absolutely. Um, I want to take a minute here for our fans. We have a new promotion, and this goes with Mike coming on every every Wednesday. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, who works for PFF, is going to be on the Locked On Fantasy Show every Thursday. But we have a deal going right now with PFF that we're giving away a free subscription, which is a $39.99 value. It's $40 value, but it's, honestly, it's worth much more than that. You get NFL player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, all kinds of tools, charts. Just go to the site and check out all the things that you get for $39.99. Um, but you can get one for free, and this is what you do. So all you guys go to iTunes. I've been telling you to do this anyways, and you haven't been good enough at it. Get the iTunes. Leave me a review for the Locked On NFL podcast, and include your Twitter handle. And each week, they will cho- choose a random winner from those that left reviews and boom you get all you get you get signed up right away for Pro Football Focus. So I won't be the ones randomly picking but someone will be and I'll find out more about that that'll get you in the drawing for a free uh, subscription which is fantastic. I've subscribed forever. Um, I go to Pro Football Focus probably every day to be very honest with you. So I urge you to do the same and I urge you to leave me a review to get on that immediately. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. All right, we are back. Another project you're working on, from what I understand, Mike, is Rams-related. And we didn't talk in detail exactly what you're working on. I'm actually in the process of writing a How Did Jared Goff Play in His First Game uh, article as we speak. But you were geared more towards defense, right? Yeah, I was just looking at you know, what Wade Phillips brought to the table with the Rams in week one. How did they – obviously they played uh, a revolving door of backup quarterbacks for the Colts uh, and a revolving door of offensive linemen for the Colts. But still very impressive the fact that they outscored them on their own. You know, the defense outscored the Colts. Uh, and the fact that Wade Phillips has been one of the best defensive corners. What did he bring to the table with the Rams? And I think the result's kind of interesting, what I saw. Before we go further, and I th- I'm not sure if I've told the Locked On Network this or not, but a lot of people have asked, and you've hear this this um, this feedback that why would they fi- why would they go hire Phillips? He's a three four guy. The only thing good about the Rams last year was their four three scheme, and Aaron Donald's a three technique, and Wade Phillips is a three four coach. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you sk- you know change things around that much? And how I've answered him is, yeah, but no. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the way he coaches <laughs> it is not like my old Steelers where Aaron Smith's holding up a tackle and two-gapping and Casey Hampton's in there. I mean, it, that's not at all what is being asked of these players. You know, Robert Quinn's going to be his Von Miller. That Donald wasn't even there. But it's an attacking, penetrating scheme. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it is 100% a mo- majority of the time a one-gap scheme that – 
if it, the difference is Robert Quinn sometimes plays with his hand off the ground now is about the only difference <laughs> right. you're getting in yeah. terms of the defensive line. He, he'll sometimes stand up to make it a little easier for him to recognize, you know, run blocks and that sort of stuff. So it, it's really not a big difference in terms of what you're getting along the defensive line. And that's even in their base, which is only a third of the time anyways. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to start drafting Vince Wilfork. Oh, no. Yeah, there's still uh, Michael Brockers and when Aaron Donald does come back, they're still going to be playmakers on the inside there for sure. Absolutely. And I, I assume whenever you analyze the Rams in week one, you do, and you kind of said this, I mean, you have to put an asterisk by it because the Colts, holy cow, are they bad. I mean, especially without luck. Um, for my purposes, no Vontae Davis. I mean, they – I keep looking at them. I know this isn't where we're going with the conversation, but – they're not going to rush luck back. I mean, they're going to probably. I think there's a great chance they pick in the top one or two. <laughs> and well, not one. The Jets are going. Jets be are going to be one, <laughs> right? But uh, I, if I'm putting a chip down on who's who's picking two, it might be the Colts. And I keep. I mean, I know this is way far ahead of, of schedule, but I keep looking at it like I'm a new GM with the Colts. One year in, I've signed the Sheards of the world and Simons and drafted Hooker. And I have the second pick in the draft, and I don't need a quarterback. And there's two or three stud quarterbacks coming out. If I can make an RG3 type of deal, mm-hmm. this thing could turn around in a division. Or even what the Titans got. You know, yeah, right, right. the Titans went from one to, yeah. Absolutely. Go from two to 15 and pick up next year's first and something else and draft everything. You know, so Colts fans, it's ugly. It's nasty. It was hard to analyze the Rams because your team is so bad. But a productive struggle this year might be the best thing that happens to you next year. Yes, I, I and I do think it gets bad before it gets good in Indianapolis. It, it, you know, if you if Andrew Luck's out for let's say five weeks, they could realistically be out of the playoffs already by that point. Oh, and they could be zero and five, and that's yeah, yeah. And, and then, then you're, why do you bring them back? I mean, yeah, and then why? Yeah, exactly. Why even rush him back? You, you hold him back even longer, and then just a wash of a season. Which, yeah, it sucks. But you didn't have a you didn't have a Super Bowl roster this year. Just no, no sugarcoating no. it. That's not a Super Bowl roster. Even with Andrew Luck, even with someone like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, that's not a Super Bowl roster. So you're still playing the long game there in Indy. Yeah, and I like Chuck Pagano. When I was with the Browns, he was our secondary coach, and actually his assistant was Todd Bowles. We had a lot of head coaches on that staff, wow. even though we were. Two and fourteen, and all got fired. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would think the axe probably falls on Chuck then, if if this goes as we think. Yeah, that was he looked him. That's ironic that it was Bulls too, because they both looked like lame ducks even heading into the year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, any other Rams notes you want to bring up? So the, the most inter- one of the most interesting things to me that I just found from a season ago was the Rams did blitz a lot last year. They blitzed a lot, which. You know, that gets your defensive line into one-on-ones. Aaron Donald, you know, Robert Quinn, it gets you one-on-ones if you're bringing five guys. Greg Williams, he's going to blitz. Yeah, but they were somewhat predictable. And when they were bringing the blitz, first and second downs, they were around league average in how often they blitzed. Third down, though, by far led the league in terms of blitzing. Hmm. Everyone knew that. And so opposing offenses averaged the quickest time to throw against the Rams defense on third downs. So they converted pressure into sacks at one of the lowest rates in the NFL last year because everyone knew when they were bringing blitzes. You know, opposing offenses were getting rid of the ball quickly on third downs. On the other hand, Wade Phillips on first and second down blitzed 40% of the time last year. On third down, he blitzed 
40 percent of the time last year he's bringing a blitz somewhat randomly you don't know when he's bringing it and i think that's going to help them on first second down convert some of those pressures to sacks guys getting aaron donald uh, like i said aaron donald robert quinn getting them one-on-ones on early downs i think their sack numbers will go up this year from previous seasons when they just couldn't convert pressure to sacks because everyone knew those blitzes were coming so i think that to me is the most interesting thing we already saw in week one they converted four out of 12 pressure dropbacks into sacks that's a super high that's a very high rate for sack conversion so uh, already good results there and i just think when aaron Donald comes back the sky really is the limit for this defense that's a great little tidbit i, I didn't realize that in such detail that you laid it out um for those that don't know phillips has a remarkable history and the rams were a good defense last year of taking his first-year defenses and giving them a monster step forward. I mean, it's amazing, and he's done it forever. And how about this stat? I'm pretty sure Wade Phillips was in his 10th year as an NFL coach when Sean McVay was born. <laughs> I'm pretty sure That's... it's right, right in that neighborhood. Working under two, and he doesn't even want to be. He he'd rather be the defensive coordinator than the head coach there, which is a right. crazy thing. Yeah, you find your yeah. niche and you're great at it, and he's like a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. Um, mm. I don't want to keep you a whole heck of a lot longer. We're usually gonna do around twenty minute shows, give or take. Um, but you mentioned Donald. I'm a pit guy. I'm a big Donald fan. Where is he in the pantheon of elite defensive players for you? I mean, it's. It's between him, Von Miller, Khalil Mack along the defensive line. J.J. Uh, Watt, when he was healthy, I'm not sure he's back to 100%, but J.J. Watt, when he's healthy, it, it's those three and then kind of everyone else. I, I think Donald might be, uh, I mean, in terms of interior pass rushers, there's no one on his level right now. He just, if you leave him one-on-one with a guard, he will beat them. If, you know, three and a half seconds, he will beat them in three and a half seconds. You just cannot get him cleanly. That's just how good he is, and just from what I've seen, you just have to double that guy. One of the few players, yeah. I mean, to me, J.J. Watt, pre-injury, so there's an asterisk there too. I mean, who Mm -hmm. is he right now? But pre-injury, he was at the Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, all-time best defensive player level. And so if you exclude him, I think Donald's the best defensive player in the league. And I love Miller. I'd take Miller over Mack. There's guys like Keekley that I think are on pace to be maybe the best inside linebacker ever. I mean, Hall of Fame type guys, mm-hmm. Earl Thomas. I mean, there's a lot of them right now that are on all-time paces. But Donald doesn't get mentioned enough with those guys. I mean, he is the the best defensive player in the league, quite possibly. I, I, I would not argue with that because, like I said, the only time he'll ever struggle is with double teams uh, in the run game just because he's a little undersized. And even then, he's not not really struggling. He's just not playing at – he's not elite at that level. He's not, you know, Damon Harrison, Brandon Williams. He's not an elite sort of nose tackle, but he's sure. very good at double teams. But one-on-one, you just don't get him cleanly. He's just – he doesn't have a strike zone to hit, and he's too quick to for offensive linemen to even find that strike zone. So – he really is uh, down to down the most impactful uh, defensive lineman in terms of our grading last year. Was he was the most impactful? Well, like, bowling ball of butcher knives, no doubt about it. I mean, that's my. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up, Mike. Uh, you are going to be back next Wednesday at noon. We'll do more of the same. Please take a couple minutes though and tell everyone where they can find you what podcasts you're working on, your Twitter handle, all those good things, because I'm sure you're going to get a whole new pile of people checking out what you're doing, because this is, this is a great conversation. 
Yeah, check me out on Twitter. I'm at PFF underscore Mike. Uh, I'm on the PFF podcast weekly. I, I do the preview podcast every Thursday that comes out. We preview every game uh, okay. of the upcoming weekend. And I write uh, two weekly columns in the Washington Post where uh, I talk about just general NFL stuff. And then I write a weekly column on our website on Wednesdays that was kind of what I was talking about with the Chiefs Patriots. It's basically I'll analyze a game from the week before that had a really surprising result. Chiefs scoring 42 points. Very surprising result, obviously. And see, just break down schematically how it was done. So that's uh, that's basically where uh, what I'm do- working on this year. And, and that'll be up today then. That'll be a Wednesday. And that's coming up today, yep. Very cool, very cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Ch- check all that out. Make sure you go leave a review on iTunes. Uh, get yourself a free Pro Football Focus uh, subscription by chance, guys. So, Mike will be back next week. Uh, tomorrow is going to be Twitter Thursday as well as previewing the Thursday night game. Friday I'll be picking games as usual. So, over and out. Have a great day.